0: Welcome to podcast number 26 for Thanks for Your Service. Thanks for Your Service is a news and information resource, and its focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net. The Russian Civil War affected Russia between 1918 and 1921. The Civil War occurred because after November 1917, many groups had formed that opposed Lenin's Bolsheviks. These groups included monarchists, militarists, and for a short time, foreign nations. Collectively, they were known as the Whites, while the Bolsheviks were known as the Reds. David Sutton, a military historian at the Australian War Memorial in Canberra, joins us to give us an insight into the little-known Australian involvement in that conflict. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be with you. So if we can start off with the Russian Civil War and then talk about Australia's involvement, which most people probably would have no clue about, could you give us a bit of a background first about the Civil War and then uh, let's shoot into the uh, Australia's involvement in it?
1: Yeah, sure. So Russia was involved in the First World War on the same side as the the British. Um, However, in 1917, they had two revolutions, one in February which brought in a provisional government which kept Russia in the war. But then, famously, in October, there was a second Bolshevik revolution, and that's the one that brought um, Vladimir Lenin and the Bolsheviks into power and essentially you know, led to the creation of the Soviet Union. The, the aftermath of that second revolution led to a really brutal civil war uh, right across Russia in which an estimated 10 million people died, which is enormous when you think about it, are, You know, considering the, the casualties that had already happened in the First World War. Um, and those deaths were right across the length and breadth of Russia from the fighting, from famine, from displacement, uh, and it was, a, it was a really complicated war, so the two main sides were the, the Reds or the Bolsheviks, they were the communist forces. You also had the kind of nationalist or pro-Zarist white forces, but also a, a bit of an array of other colours. So you had black um, uh, Ukrainian uh, anarchist forces in the south, You you had... Uh, an army of Czechs who are known as the Blues. You even had a Greens faction, but they are actually peasant bands kind of roaming around trying to protect farms. So a really complicated war, really different from the First World War. You don't have these two great, you know, Western front, these two sides facing each other, but it's really a war of movement uh, and something which is relatively, not relatively well understood in the West, but something that we should understand had a big imp- impact on the 20th century because the, the Reds won and the Soviet Union uh, emerged out of it.
0: And and here we are a hundred years on and there was an Australian involvement in the Civil War.
1: Yeah, uh, it's really surprising to a lot of people to hear that, but there there certainly was. Um, so Australian involvement, uh, it, it took a number of forms and it was quite small, but important for Australian military history nonetheless. Um, so pretty early on, as the war really began to ramp up, there were some Australians serving in some quite disparate places across the Civil War. So HMAS-1 um, served in South Russia in the Don region in December 1918. Uh, we had Australians form part of Dunster Force, which was a, a British force operating around kind of the Azerbaijan region and attacking some of the early Soviets there. And we also had trainers um, all across as far as Siberia and dotted all around the main conflict. Um, the main part of Australian service was in in two separate forces, all in North Russia, which is where our our kind of interests are really concentrated. Um, basically, what happened is as the civil war began to emerge, uh, there was a huge destabilisation and essentially a mini civil war happening in in Finland, just in you know the northwest uh, to the northwest of Russia. And up there, the uh, the Germans got involved in the anti-Bolshevik sides, and the British were worried that the huge amount of stores and you know, war material that they'd sent to North Russia with a view to that helping out with the Russian war effort would then be nicked by the Germans. So they sent a force in to try and protect those stores and stop them falling into German hands. So a few Australians went there uh, in June uh, 1918 as part of uh, a force called a Lope Force. Uh, There was actually only nine Australians that went, but they, they endured the kind of really harsh Russian winter as they kind of help protect those stores and train white Russian forces in the region and help build up defences against the Reds. The bigger part came a bit later when the commander of those forces up north realised we can't really have much impact on the war here. The, the First World War had come to an end and now they were worried that those stores would fall into Bolshevik or you know, communist hands. And they they were trying to withdraw the forces but also send a bigger force to look after those forces that were trying to hold those those stores and do their best to, you know, to help the whites in the region. And that's where about 100, roughly 150 Australians served as part of the North Russia Relief Force, which was in 1919.
0: And, and obviously with the armistice occurred in November 1918, so, you know, essentially, for all intents and purposes, the First World War was over, but uh, this particular campaign went on until when? Uh,
1: so it lasted... the, the, the the last parts of the North Russia Relief Force were out of there by October 1919. Uh, most Australians who served around Ar- uh were out by late September. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think that there were Australians after the war had finished, then a volunteer call went up to see if people wanted to go on the North Russia Relief Force, and a whole bunch put their hand up. Um, they didn't actually serve in Australian units. The AIF wasn't interested in sending units specifically. So anyone that did actually had to seek a discharge from the AIF and join into British units. So all the Australians that served there served in the 45th Battalion Royal Fusiliers or the 201st um, Machine Gun Battalion, Royal Machine um, Machine Gun Corps. Uh, but it's often seen as a bit of a you know an afterthought to the war, but these guys had quite often served on the Western Front or indeed going all the way back to Gallipoli. Some of them were just a bit bored waiting to go home and wanted to continue the fight. Some had been injured at the end of the, uh, wounded at the end of the war and wanted to carry on. Um, other ones had arrived too late and really wanted to, you know, see a bit of the action before it was all over.
0: And I understand even though they uh, were, were fighting uh, under British units, they were still allowed to wear their uniforms and slouch hats, for example. So they were identified essentially as Australians, even though they weren't fighting as an Australian unit.
1: Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, they were serving in British units, but. The the British made a bit of an effort to make sure that they all served together. That's why they were all in those same units together. And, yes, they maintained their uniform, including, obviously, their distinctive slouch hats, which um, means we're in our collection at the War Memorial, we have some, a great collection of photos of uh, guys in slouch hats in these uh, enormous, vast, frozen forests of North Russia, uh, something a bit different to, to many other photos that we have. And
0: um, we even had an Australian who was awarded the VC for his actions
1: yeah there are actually two australians awarded a vc um and it was the only two vcs awarded as part of the land campaign in the north russia relief force um the first uh went to um corporal uh, arthur sullivan uh so this was in uh, an attack on the 10th of august when part part of our, the main idea of being in north russia was to head down from archangel which is on the far north of russia um, down along the Dvina River and along an adjacent train line heading kind of towards Moscow. Um, they were helping attack a few towns there to help destabilise the Red Forces, and Sullivan was part of a rearguard action coming back towards the main column after they'd taken these two towns, Lipovets and Slutka. Uh And they were crossing this swollen river on this tiny plank when um, an officer and three other ranks fell in the water. And then Sullivan, without thinking... Uh, went into the water and in rescued each man individually despite being under quite close enemy fire. So he was awarded a, a Victoria Cross. Um, he actually died in 1937 when he was in London as part of the coronation of the King, where he was apparently signing an autograph and um, slipped on the gutter and knocked his head uh, mm. and unfortunately died. The second one is uh, Sergeant Samuel Pierce, which on the 29th of August, uh, they were attacking along that railway line that I mentioned before. Uh, when the Australians were pinned down by a series of Soviet pillboxes or blockhouses, uh, and Pierce incensed, they, the Australians thought that the enemy might be using dum-dum bullets, and incensed at that, Pierce kind of single-handedly cut through some barbed wire, went up to one of those pillboxes and th- lobbed a few grenades in and, and killed the inhabitants, but soon after was cut down by enemy machine gun and, and well, unfortunately was killed. He was only 22 years old.
0: And w- were you saying... Uh prior to this call, that it was Pierce's body that has been found recently?
1: That's right. So just in the last couple of months. Um, in fact, it's a, um, a, a relative of Pierce and, and a historian have actually tracked down what they, they're 99.9% sure is, is actually Pierce's body. So he was in a, in a, in a British cemetery, but in a place called uh But it kind of got lost over time. Um, but they, they're 90% sure they found him. So they they were able to work out where he should have been buried. Um, they dug up the likely spot and they found a body there, which uh, is missing a toe on his right foot, it is consistent with the with um, you know, Pierce's uh, pre-service wounds, uh, and also it had the remains of a slouch hat. So they're quite sure. I think they're going to be conducting some DNA tests soon mm-hmm. to see if they can get to the bottom of it. But it's a really uh, exciting and amazing thing to happen 100 years after after mm. his amazing action.
0: And, and, David, with the Australians who fought in this particular campaign, were they ever recognised with campaign medals as such?
1: Not that I'm aware of. Um, I actually, it's not actually something I've looked very deeply into, actually. Uh, we have both Pierce and Sullivan's medal groups here at the Australian War Memorial, and I've been meaning to run over and see that um, that's something I'll need to double-check for you, I'm mm. afraid.
0: Hmm, interesting. And and uh, again, this is uh, an involvement that Australia had that people uh, probably know very little about. Where can people go to find out more about this particular campaign and Australia's involvement?
1: There's an excellent book on the Australians in the Russian Civil War by Michael Challenger called Anzacs in Arkangle, uh, which really does a great job of covering the very you know, varied roles that Australians played and the kind of um, actions they were in and the conditions they endured. There's also a great memoir, actually, by uh, one of the veterans of the campaign, uh, Sergeant Jay Kelly, which is held at the Australian War Memorial, but you can find it online. Uh, and in that memoir, he he talks about how he viewed the campaign as a, a bit of a tragic adventure in which a lot of good men who'd served in the First World War lost their lives, and actually referred to it as a pathetic sideshow. But when you read his memoirs, I, I do get the impression he uh, he was more annoyed at the the politicians who'd sent these men on this far-flung campaign than, you know, the men themselves or in any way denigrating their service. We also have a couple of really good articles on the Australian War Memorial website, uh, one called A Pathetic Sideshow, named after that quote by Kelly, by Geoffrey Gray, which does a really good job of just summarising the campaign and giving a bit of info about why we were there and, you know, how Australians ended up in this seemingly far-flung part of the world and a really, a war that most of us don't really understand very well at all.
0: And and I started reading uh, the memoirs of Kelly and he certainly had a bit of a sense of humour too, I get, even though the memoirs were written in 1969 about his involvement uh, in that campaign.
1: Yeah, you get the impression that some of the guys, um, you know, despite enduring some really difficult conditions and, you know, two Australians were killed, um, it was a a, a strange adventure and um, sometimes I guess you can say all you can do is laugh when you find yourself in these situations.
0: Mm, absolutely and we'll also put a, a link uh, on our facebook page to the article that you wrote in september this year for the australian strategic policy institute but um look that was a great little insight into our involvement in the russian civil war and david thank you for your time today it's a pleasure that's the podcast for today you can find relevant links to the podcast on our facebook page we're keen to hear your feedback. Leave a comment on our Facebook page and if you're listening to us via iTunes, please leave a review. You can also email us at info at If you're interested in sponsorship or support of this podcast, head to our website or email us and you can also support us via Patreon. The link is www.patreon.com. Thanks for your service. Thanks for listening.